0: You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley-MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and Burn Your Manual, this book that defines our expectations of self but also holds us back. Together we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. Hello, hello, my tribe. This is episode three of Permission to Burn Your Manual, and I'm Kathy Whaley, M.D., your host. Today I want to talk about self-care. Self-care is very hard for healthcare professionals. I think it's hard for people in general, but I think healthcare professionals have some unique challenges with seeing that they need it, but also that they deserve or are entitled to it. So I mentioned back in the first episode that the life I choose was based and the idea that I've cultivated a life that promotes my well-being and preserves it even during times of stress. So when we get down to it, that is actually my definition of self-care, okay? And self-care historically, the very basic definition, has been doing things to basically promote one's health, but I feel that that's very simplistic, and for me, well-being is about way more than a massage or a pedicure, right? It's really the big picture of how we care for ourselves and whether our life again, the big picture, really promotes and preserves our well-being, regardless of stress, such as the pandemic. I think many healthcare professionals realized within the pandemic how deficient they were in self-care. So I want to explore that a touch. Healthcare is all about utility, right? The foundation of healthcare and in determining where resources go is the good of many. So on a regular basis, healthcare professionals are confronted with this theme because In that moment where they are ill and need to call in to work, this is the moment where they weigh out the good and needs of many versus the good and needs of one. It's just that that one happens to be self. Pre-pandemic, healthcare professionals worked when sick all the time. Because the alternative of not going meant that potentially there wouldn't be enough staff to provide safe patient care. The healthcare system is built upon the foundation of being very lean. You typically have only exactly what you need to care for the patients, or slightly less than that and therefore there is no reserve built in for a healthcare professional to need to care for self during illness, for example. So that circumstance of being confronted with utility where one must choose between self-caring, the needs of self, Or caring for others at the expense of self. I mean, historically, we've cared for others. We've subjugated our own health and well-being for that of the patients in the system. What happens when that occurs repeatedly? It becomes a core belief. And eventually that core belief, the idea that my personal health and well-being is not important becomes a standalone belief. With time it dissociates from the entire process of utility where you're deciding to subjugate your health and well-being because you see it benefits a large group of people. That goes away. And what our brains learn and internalize is just our care for self and well-being is not important. It's completely standalone and disassociated. I found myself in exactly that place two years ago. And I vividly remember thinking that it would be sort of nice if I got a little sick. Like, I didn't want to die. Like, this was not a suicidality. But it was, I desperately needed care for myself. I desperately needed to promote my own well-being. But in my mind, I had decided I didn't deserve that or I didn't get to have it. And so who did I see always getting that? My patients. So the craving for being cared for and actually focusing on my well-being resulted in me thinking like, ooh, I, I wouldn't mind getting a little bit sick, like being in the hospital a couple of days where I get to sleep all day and someone brings me food and like, I wanna be a patient because I, I need some care. In my mind, I needed to be a patient in order to have permission to care for myself. That is messed up. But I am not the only one that has been there. And there are plenty of people out there who are there right now. And so here's the next step in this. And I'm very fortunate that I didn't get here, but Let's take it a step farther and think, what happens to a healthcare professional who truly believes that they cannot receive care, right, that they're not important in terms of promoting their own well-being? Their job is to promote everyone else's well-being, even at the cost of theirs. What happens when they get to a really dark place? when they're having mental health issues and they don't think they're worthy or entitled to receive care. It has gotten a lot of attention during the pandemic, the suicide rate of physicians. So physicians are two times as likely to commit suicide compared to the general public. But women physicians are actually three times as likely. And female nurses are two times as likely as the general public. So this is not just restricted to physicians. And if you want more statistics, just Google your specific healthcare profession because my suspicion is Yours is also higher than the general population, right? We function in a profession where there's a tremendous amount of stress. We don't process our feelings because to process every patient that dies, I mean, if you sat there and grieved that, you wouldn't be functional. And there's a big slew of patients you have to take care of. There's trauma. We know that People's lives rely on us. So we cultivate the expectation of perfectionism. If you expect yourself to be perfect, you cannot be compassionate to yourself. They are on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. In the absence of self-compassion, there right is a tremendous amount of negative self-talk This is way beyond self esteem, right? This is very frank depression because worthiness is lost and entitlement is lost. Day in and day out, healthcare professionals are choosing between self care and well being promotion versus. Care and well being promotion of the patients. It's not always pitted against each other, but it often is. I would say definitely more than 50% of the time. And when we've learned that we're always on the losing end of a utility debate, we no longer think we're entitled. We no longer think we're worthy. If you talk to physicians, the issue of worthiness comes up all the time. It almost has transformed to a point where physicians think that they have to earn the right to self-care, the right to promote their well-being. And I'm gonna argue that I don't believe that, I think that's total crap. If you are a human, you are worthy and entitled to care for yourself and promote your well-being. Doctors, and I suspect other healthcare professionals, need a reminder of this. They need to remember Now back to the suicide rate issue. There is a negative stigma associated with admitting that one has mental health issues. In several states, in order to obtain a state license, you have to check a box that says whether you have had a physical or mental health diagnosis that would impair your ability to practice medicine. Now, I would argue that there are tons of healthcare providers out there who have mental health issues, anxiety or depression, and it never impacts their ability to practice. But see, Doctors don't know how each individual board is gonna treat this question, right? And if something were to happen because we're imperfect human beings and so we know that we can't be a perfect administer of care all the time, will they go back to that questionnaire and use it against us? We don't know. So that's one reason that health at least physicians I haven't seen the questions for the nursing board but at least physicians are very resistant to acknowledge mental health issues even if you live in one of those states where that question is not on the board application there is still the core belief that has to be dealt with and If we cannot get past the idea that we should stay home when we have the flu, that we deserve to be sick when we have the flu, and we're entitled to be ill and take care of ourselves, if we can't even stomach that, what do you think happens when they're in the deep, dark place and contemplating suicide? They don't think they're worthy of care during the flu odds are their life doesn't seem very worthy in that moment now we're going to talk about how the pandemic made all of that worse so it is common knowledge in healthcare professionals in general that being a healthcare professional you will have to sacrifice you will have to self-sacrifice and sometimes that will be sacrificing family time or health etc right like if a patient is actively trying to die it may hijack your ability to actually leave on time and we all know it and we're all in on trying to save that patient we signed up for that sacrifice we knew it we felt called to serve and One of the things that helped counteract that loss, that sacrifice, was really feeling that the public saw value in what we did. Initially in the pandemic, when there was no vaccine, there wasn't all of this political drama, healthcare professionals were heroes. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. And... Healthcare professionals had lunches brought and people sewed masks, and it was truly a community of support. But then, as the pandemic became politicized and science was questioned, etc., it really brought home to a lot of healthcare professionals how little. The public viewed healthcare professionals and how much our contribution to society wasn't valued. Now, I'm not here to argue whether the public intends that message or not. That is irrelevant. What is relevant is how healthcare professionals took behaviors such as a man spitting in my face at work when I asked him to put on a mask. I can't say what the man was thinking and really what his intention was, except that it was very clear he intentionally spit in my face. Whatever his specific intentions, I'm very clear they were negative. It was a disrespectful act. And in that moment, there was not a sense that he valued me as a healthcare professional. So when you sacrifice and you subjugate your own health and well-being and then you lose the secondary gain of feeling like you're appreciated, feeling like someone sees the value you're bringing, worthiness dies a little bit more. Because again, healthcare professionals are rendering care and taking on the pressure of being perfect holding people's lives in their hands, thinking that the public wants them to do it and that what they do matters and is valued. I absolutely experienced during this pandemic a sense that the public no longer found my contribution of value. And temporarily, that really stole my internal sense of worthiness. And I let that happen, right? It's like, this is what I made this mean. I don't feel that way now. But that's ultimately because I just decided that I was worthy. And I just decided that I was providing value, whether anybody in the public sees it or not, right? It's like, if I'm still giving you a million dollars worth of value and you wanna pretend like it didn't happen, like, oh well, I still know I gave you a million dollars of value. So the having to find an internal sense of worthiness was very new to me. But at the same time, having that internal sense of worthiness is also something that no one can take from me. It is mine. I don't think I ever imagined that there would come a time where the sacrifice of being a physician would not somehow be counteracted by the sense of value that the public Perceives receiving. I mean, I don't I don't know if I would have started through medical school and gone down this route if I thought the public wouldn't perceive the value, right? Because I mean, why do something that really doesn't benefit others or that they don't see the benefit? So here's what it boils down to. As a healthcare provider, When you sacrifice your health and well-being or you sacrifice your families, it hurts. It creates thoughts that cause us pain. And when we received thanks from people for saving their life or some sort of words that demonstrated to us that they saw the value, that created positive feelings that sort of helped neutralize out the negative ones we felt from self-sacrificing. Now, there's way, way, way less of that positive value being given as feedback to healthcare professionals. So something has to give. And you get to decide what that give is. For me, it has been finding my own internal sense of worthiness and value, and recognizing that I can create that feeling for myself without someone else thanking me or recognizing what I've done. But it also has been a moment where I have acknowledged that I'm a human, just like my patients, and I'm just as deserving of care and promotion of well-being. And although there will still be times where I make the choice to promote the well-being of the many, my patients, and subjugate my own health and well-being, I am not willing for that to be the trend all the time. Because if it's all the time, my self-care bucket is empty. And I'm just going in the negative. And so the life I choose... Which cultivates my well being and preserves it even during times of stress means that at some of these pivotal moments, I'm going to have to choose me. And the healthcare system is not built for that. The healthcare system is not made for that. We've all been waiting for the healthcare system to change so that we can change, right? Healthcare system has more of a built in, backup system so that when we're sick, we can be sick. I mean, the pandemic has shown that we didn't have a backup system and that the end result was who was left just worked that much harder and patient care wasn't terribly safe. If we keep waiting for the healthcare system to change in order for us to change, it's never going to happen. So long as we continue to behave Like exactly the healthcare professional who works in the system we currently have. They have no reason to change. We have to change first. When we stop behaving like a person who would work in a system like this, who accepts the way it functions, only then is the system potentially going to change? So I realize these are gonna be moments where you may decide, no, I can't come in and work another overtime shift because I've already worked a ton of overtime shifts and this is my son's first soccer game and I'm going to the soccer game. And you know in that moment that there may not be enough staff that the staff that is remaining is going to be really anxious and stressed out and patient care may be less safe. Again, I absolutely hear you if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but lives are on the line. Like, I can never choose myself over someone else's life. What will have to happen in order for you to choose you? How bad does it have to be in order for you to choose you? Not even all the time, just some of the time. How bad does it have to be? Do you have to be suicidal? Do you have to be in the hospital? How bad does it have to be? For a healthcare professional, it's probably never a good time to choose yourself. It's like having a baby, right? There's never a perfect time to have a baby. I'm going to suggest that the opposite is true. It is always a good time to choose yourself, to choose you. And when you get that call from your supervisor and they say to you, "Oh, if you don't come in, there will be no one. Like we'll be super understaffed and there won't be enough people to care for these patients. It is done in a way that healthcare professionals take that on as guilt, as if we alone are responsible for the safety of the patients. This is truly a systemic issue. It's a systemic issue that that healthcare professionals are kept in line by cultivating a sense of individual responsibility for the outcome. But I'm here to tell you, if patient care is unsafe, it's because the system has not been designed to maintain safety. And whenever we go in and help, which I'm not suggesting we don't do that, but whenever we go in to help, the systemic problem gets pushed under the rug because We are part of the system that allows it to function that way. If we want it to be different, we have to be different. The change starts with us. And for that change to happen, we all have to cultivate our own sense of worthiness our own sense of entitlement to health and well-being, even during times of stress. How we care for ourselves and whether we feel worthy and entitled is wrapped up in our identity of doctor. And it's all in your manual. So here's the opportunity. Decide what you want it to be. Revise it. Burn it. Do whatever you need to do to cultivate for yourself what you need to feel better so that you can give yourself permission to focus on yourself and your own well-being without having to become a patient to do it. That's all I have for you today, my tribe. And just remember, wherever you are and whatever's going on, I'm right here rooting for you. And I'll see you next week. Are you ready to start making progress, forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.